after five years, and I was like, I said, I'm going to sell my soul for this business, for the company and climb the ladder and do all these things. And I'm not going to say I was a victim, um, but the business unit was sold. And we were all notified that basically we were out of job. And I'm like, I just, well, I didn't see it coming. Like, I'm like, what? Like, this can't happen. I, I work so hard, you know. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, all of you amazing abundant leaders out there? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, and you should, in fact, live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness on your way to having more. You know, I know with everything going on in this last year, all the lockdowns and everything else going on, there's a lot of people. A lot of you, you listening to this right now, might be in transition, some sort of transition. Either you're transitioning in the same career, working from home, or working from a different location, or even relocating altogether, or maybe you're completely changing careers altogether. You're just finding this as a time to do what you've always wanted to do, or you're being forced out. Whatever the case may be, transition is very difficult. I know. 25 years in the military, I transitioned at least every three to four years. I transitioned from one organization to another, many times, most of the time, from one state to the other or one country to the other. And doing that with a family and transitioning your kids from school to school and your spouse from from one known location where they might have found a job finally to another location where they got to start all over. It's, it's very difficult, and it doesn't matter, you know, it's a little bit difficult uh, when you're young, but as you get older, it gets, you kind of get used to it, but then again, it gets more and more difficult, especially when you have to start looking for another vocation, and if you're going to work for somebody else. Well, today's conversation, we are going to get all in the idea of transitioning, because our guest today has one heck of a story when it comes to transitioning and what went on in his life. I'll tell you one thing. I know for a fact that there are many people that need to hear this conversation and many others. So I'm going to give you the opportunity today to be abundant in your actions by paying it forward and sharing men of abundance with others. However it is that you're listening to this, if you're listening on your phone, take a screenshot of your phone, post it on social media, Hashtag men of abundance and hashtag abundance. And however it is that you put it in an email, put it in Twitter, put it on Facebook, mention it on your YouTube channel, whatever the case may be. Talk about it at your church groups, wherever you're at, whoever you communicate with. You know there's people out there that may be suffering needlessly or at least concerned about this topic and many other topics that we have conversations on here on Men of Abundance. So do not discriminate. 
Be abundant in your actions and share the information with everybody that you come in contact with. Share this podcast. I'm telling you, you will potentially save somebody's life or at least improve their life today. And they will thank you. And one more thing before we get started and bring out our guest. I want to direct you specifically if you are a business owner or in some sort of business where you help other business owners, I want to direct you to a web page that I created specifically for this, and it is at wallyrecommends.com. It's a bunch of business tools and services that I personally use in my own business, as well as the clients that I have an opportunity to work with. If it makes sense, I use these tools in their business as well. Very, very valuable, time-saving, profit-accelerating tools that you're going to want to take a look at. And if you have any questions about any of them, I will tell you right now, some of them are affiliate links, not not all of them I'm affiliated with, but any of them that you decide that you want to use, just reach out to me and I'll show you how I specifically use it so you can cut the learning curve. Again, go see that at wallyrecommends.com. Now, for the sake of those of you who do not listen to the entire episode, I know there's a lot that don't because I see the data, but I know many of you do listen to most of the conversation. So I want to tell you right up front that our guest today has a gift for you, and you can find that at greatestyearsofyourlife.com. Greatestyearsofyourlife.com. Don't worry about writing that down. It's pretty easy to remember, but I'll have that linked up in the show notes. So make sure you go there and check that out to get the gift that our feature guest left for you today. Our feature guest today is Chris Yonker. He's a father, husband, martial artist, and world leader mentor for high achievers. As a seventh degree black belt, neuro linguistic programming practitioner, and thought leader on personal performance, Chris has created a signature methodology that assists clients in achieving extraordinary results in their lives and careers. Chris's work centers around helping entrepreneurs, family business owners, athletes, and celebrities expand their consciousness and capacity for fulfillment. His work as a performance and career alchemist helps clients move beyond the illusions that are hindering their fulfillment and allows them to take quantum leaps in their transformation. Chris and his wife, Jolie, live on the New England seacoast and spend their time operating multiple businesses and building a life that is focused on family, travel, and exploring the world with their young daughter. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Chris Yonker. Chris, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Thanks for having me here. Oh, I'm super excited to have you, man. Where are you at in the world? Uh, mentally, emotionally, or physically? Physically. <laughs> Whatever physically, you feel is more important. <laughs> <laughs> I think all parts of me right now are in New yeah. Hampshire for the most part. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I don't want parts of you in other places of the world. Um, I know my mind is often, you know, sitting on the beach somewhere, but or back in Hawaii where I came here from, uh, here is being Tampa now, but um, I'm always, my mind's always on the beach. Anyhow, before we get started, man, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today? Uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a great question. And, um, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in the family department on this one. I've been married for uh, 25 years as of uh, 20 days ago, and um, happily, very happily, 
And we have a daughter who's uh, turning six and um, everyone is healthy and well. And um, I, I, you know, if you look at the pandemic that we were all navigating different ways, um, but regardless, um, I, I really truly think it's, it, 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 God kind of put this pause out there, boom. And um, from, you know, beyond everyone's control, um, it allowed for a lot of introspection and um, granted I'm a pretty introspective guy, but um, it, you know, gratitude is, is, uh, is a, is a critical, is a critical element. And um, I start, I start my, start and end my day with it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I do too. And thanks for bringing that up because that is a very, very good point in that one, we're all, you know, some people say we're on the same ship. Well, yeah, kind of, but we're all, it's, we're all taking this a completely different way. We're all in the same situation, but we're not in the same ship. That's right. We're all in different ships. And it's been kind of a blessing for me to be quite honest with you, partly because of what you said there financially, business wise. um, I got busier than I ever could, but the introspects of that is that it gave gave me the opportunity to really assess what's going on in, in our life and our personal life and then see where, how everybody else is kind of handling things and how they handle um, what's the word I'm looking for resilience, you know, to build that resilience muscle. I'm a prior master resiliency trainer when I was in the army and, Um, It's a muscle. It's something that some people haven't been through. And you can see the people who have not been through, had any hard times in their life, how they're reacting to certain things. Now, this is no small thing, but there are certain things that are a little bit smaller than others and they're just losing their mind over. And I think they're kind of getting some perspective out of of this whole situation, you think? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, You know, this year has been um, on that front. Um, So in February... Um, we lost my father-in-law and, um, so he got sick in January. So that was January, February, you know, and then March COVID started. And, um, part of my business was, um, the, the smaller businesses and some of the ones that we're serving were massively disrupted. Mm-hmm. So those engagements stopped. Uh, and then, um, my father, he passed away last month. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, yeah, thank you. And so it's, um, it's been a uh, it's been it's been a year where a lot of things have occurred that I'll just say we don't like. We all get to apply context to our experience, mm-hmm. but they're not experiences I would choose <laughs> if I had the choice. Right now, we can choose our response, but um, I will say, all things considered, um, if I had not done the amount of work on myself up till this year. I mean, I've had years with less disruption in different ways and um, that have impacted me much worse than where mm. I'm at right now, mentally, emotionally, physically. And um, I, 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 really, um, I really do believe that um, the work that I've done and it has, has allowed me, I'm not saying like, hey, I'm, 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 I'm totally dialed in 100% every department However, um, I'm so much further ahead than I have been in the past with things that I didn't like, per se, that were in in the landscape. Yeah, yeah, very good point. Very, very good point. We can really dig into that quite a bit, and we probably will throughout this conversation. 
you know, before I got started here, I talked a little bit about what you're doing professionally. And we're going to definitely get more into that because I'm very intrigued. That's like right up my alley, stuff that I love. Um, although I do have to say, uh, you make somebody like me who feels, feels I'm a pretty high achiever uh, and performer. Uh, looking at your background, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm not even close to that. But here on Men of Abundance, we really like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So if you would, how would you describe yourself personally? Um, that's a good question. I would say if I had a self-aware, it would be something that would come to mind very quickly. And what I mean by that is um, I'm, I have a high level of acuity to what's going on internally for me. Um, and also in just regards to, I'm kind of plugged into how I'm feeling. And um, it, some of that's been with me forever and some of it I've developed, but it's, um, I would say we can't change, we can't modify any type of war, of behavior or anything if we're not aware of what's, what's going on. So I've got a pretty straight, pretty strong internal feedback system um, that has, has been, 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 been great to have. Excellent. Yeah. And so is that something that you feel has just been in, innate in you since you was young, or is that something that kind of developed through your disciplines that you've practiced? Yeah, it's, over a, the years? it's a good question. I think a little bit of both. Um, as we kind of get into my story, I, I had a, I think, I guess we all have all had challenging upbringing, I guess. So I shouldn't say we all, there's a lot of people who have, I'm not sure. alone. And mm -hmm. I can talk more about that. Um, but there, there was a, a side of me, quite frankly, when I was to be totally, um, I don't know how else to be, but be transparent. When I was uh, younger, I, I felt that there was something beyond, even though I grew up in a religious home, I felt that there was something beyond myself that was accessible as in a support to me. And there was this awareness tied to me and to, to like, I would talk to God when I was like in elementary school and because I was an only child. And quite frankly, I grew up in an alcoholic home that had a lot of uh, dysfunction and um, unsettledness to it. And it gave me, it's almost, I felt like there was this, there, there's someone to talk to and I felt comfort in, in that experience. And it, and it led to a, a, a little bit higher level of awareness. And I didn't cause, I didn't solve my, all my challenges, but I didn't, I didn't feel like I was navigating alone. Yeah. And, and again, like you said earlier, we don't get a chance to pick and choose what our experiences and challenges are all the time, but we do get to choose how we react to those challenges and how we internalize those, yeah. those challenges and, and the possible solutions that we might be able to come up with, at least in our mind, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Excellent. Yeah. Well, you know, it sounds like you've got quite a few things, you know, as we all do, you know, as we go through life, many of us uh, have more challenges than others. And I like to refer to them as kick in the gut moments. Uh, and I like to bring this up only because, you know, some people feel that they're going through something right now. And some of the listeners out there might be going through something right now that they feel they're the only ones that's ever gone through this and they just don't see light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Yeah. So if you would share with us a kick in the gut moment and really make yeah. us feel that. And then we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit, see what you yeah. learn from it. So my, my challenges was, is that because of where I came, how I, 
I was raised, environment I came from, my level of self-worth and self-esteem were not very high. And um, I got a job working for 3M out of college selling uh, advertising. And I did this for um, several years. And actually, I created this experience where I got pretty good at what I did. And I, st- I really enjoyed the camaraderie. But also, um, I also enjoyed the acknowledgement and the feedback I got from management because I felt like someone actually was proud of me and it made me feel good about myself. And after five years, and I was like, I said, I'm going to sell my soul for this business, for the company and climb the ladder and do all these things. And I'm not going to say I was a victim, um, but the business unit was sold. And we were all notified that basically we were out of job. And I'm like, I just, well, I didn't see it coming. Like, I'm like, what? Like, this can't happen. I, I work so hard. You know, no, no one really, I mean, it was just, it was a business decision. It, it had nothing to do with me, but it left me reeling because I created this art, this reality. If you look back to my, if you look back at the history, we all have some, some levels of, we want some certainty. We want some sense of security, right? And so I didn't have certainty and security in my environment. So I craved it. And this job created some of that for me, right? As, as uh, there, my, my belief was anyway that it did. And needless to say, I, I was like, I, I didn't do, I started, I mean, back then I had so much um, anxiety and panic attacks. This was in 20, 20 some years, 21 years ago, thereabouts, 22, regardless. Back then they didn't even talk about anxiety. Mm-hmm. People didn't talk about it. Now it's ever like everyone's got it, but um, <laughs> I was going in and out of like ERs, like I'm like something's wrong with me. I'm having a heart attack. Like I just didn't know, right? And uh, that was, I would say, if, you know, the t- things I've had to navigate that have been tough. That one, man, like feel like I was totally out of control. Was a really was a really tough, tough uh, kick in the gut moment, as you would say. That that's something I can I can honestly say I've never personally dealt with. What did you What did you learn from that experience that you feel that you're applying in your life today, and and either yeah. personally or professionally? Well, I think what really ended up happening with it, in the matter of, of several years from that time, um, I did get another position, and I moved and brought me to New England which was you know, one of the best things that we ever did was move away from home. Um, we're from we're Where was home the, before? Uh, Midwest. So we both grew up either, I both grew up around Chicago for part of our lives and West mm-hmm. Michigan for part of our lives and okay. all of our families out in Illinois and, and in Michigan. And um, so now, you know, here we are in the, in the seacoast of New Hampshire um, on our own. And I came across um, this advertisement in the back of, uh, I'm a personal development junkie. And I love this guy, Brian, Tra- Brian Tracy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've known I Brian, love Brian for a long time, at least not personally. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's been in my car for many years. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're like me, man. Like I get a car, a, car, a car, the first thing I would do is get a tape deck in there so I could listen to audios because I was on the road and a mentor of mine told me to do that. Yeah. And um, so uh, at the back of a Tracy's pro- Tracy program was this Nightingale Co- 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 Coaching offering. 
Mm-hmm. So I reached out to Nightingale Conant, talked to this guy, and uh, he put me in contact with this gentleman who um, ended up hiring. And uh, I've never worked with a coach before um, in that aspect. I mean, I've had, I've had sensei's uh, or masters in mm-hmm. the dojo, but I've not had, not had, a, not had a coach. Mm-hmm. And what this gentleman did, his name was Tom, and his name still is Tom, uh, has become a dear friend, but he, he helped me realize all the lies that I have created about myself. And I realized that my true value wasn't tied to what's a company or whatever. It's basically about not about who, who I am. And, and in essence, the gifts that I've been given, how I develop those gifts and how I leverage those gifts to help other people, right? Like that's what life's about. It's, mm-hmm. it's about how do you help someone in their journey and um, in leveraging your gifts and talents to, to help them and their journey, right? Like al- along, along the way. Right. And I'd say that was a, you know, the biggest, in, I mean, it's anyone's out there listening. It's like, well, I'm in this place. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's understandable. Sometimes it's okay not to know what we're going to do. Um, what's more important is to know what we want mm. and over what, what we're going to do. And yeah. I think as, as human beings, especially um, the clients I, I, I typically work with being high achievers, we're master doers, man, right? Like we are good at doing stuff. So we want it. We're going to figure out how to do it. But how is not the first question we should ever ask ourselves when obtaining something, right? So it's, uh, it's what do we want and why? Yeah, it, the the how usually uh, manifests itself. It does. Uh, in my but we forget that. We forget yeah. that though, right? Because we don't see it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, there's a great quote, um, um, and it's from uh, trying to, the guy wrote. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the book, but the quote is is uh, uh, Price Pritchett. It's the author's name, but it's um, U squared is the name of the book, and the quote is. Uh, a- absence of evidence is not evidence of absence or is absence of evidence. So in essence, like if I don't see something, right? Absence of evidence, there's no evidence. There's no evidence mm-hmm. that it's going to work. There's no evidence that something's going to be here. It's not, it's not absent. It's not, doesn't mean it's not, not, not there just because you can't see it right now. Yeah. It, yeah. It, you know, it gets me thinking of a typical conversation of somebody like you and I maybe go to our parents or go to somebody and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to do this. And then their first question out of their mind is like, how are you going to do that? Right. We never even considered that. And it might stump some of us. Yeah. But you and I, it's like, I don't know. I'm not even thinking about that right now. It's about why. It's about why do I want to do this? What is the purpose? Who am I serving? What is the outcome going to be? Yeah. The the how, it's going to manifest itself in the process and some people, they just don't get that. And we just have to, as, as doers, we just have to move past that and right. go ahead and say, oh, we're going to figure that out. And those of us who have been around a little bit, we got that. And those of us who are willing, thank you for bringing it up, to hire a coach outside of high school and college or even, a, you know, the rare instance where you have a sensei or somebody in your life that's coaching you on something that you don't know, Few people will hire coaches for mindset, for 
I was an abundance mindset coach for a while and few people hire a business coach. They'll just go figure it out themselves. Yeah. Uh, and then of course they don't want to ask for help. I've realized over the years because entrepreneurs are hard headed and we say, well, I can't ask for help because then that would show that I'm not as successful as right. I want to be or should be. And then all my friends and family are going to go, I told you so, you know, right. type of thing. So yeah. it's, it's just frustrating. Yeah. I think as you're, and listening to you here, I think one of the things that people forget, you know, like you said, if somebody go to someone and they ask, you know, and they can say, how are you going to do that? We forget the, deg- the, the degree that folks will project their model of the world on us when we interface with them. When they mean that, that when they look at something, they'll project like, well, this is how I would handle that. Well, that's a, we're already off the wrong page, right? Like you, well, you tell me how you would do something is only great if, if I'm operating as you and mm-hmm. we share the same model of the world and the same beliefs and the same, same values and, and everything else, right? And we're all running our own movie. And, and there was a study um, many years ago from this hospice worker, you may have, you may have, I'm sure you've heard about it, where she was interviewing people on the deathbed and she published the findings and she was talking about basically what, what is it that you wish were different in your life and looking back in retrospect. And the number one thing that people said, and this is my words, but in essence, what it, what it was, was that I wish I'd made decisions that were more aligned to what I wanted for my life. Mm. Not, not, not like running this condition of well, what are they going to say or how are they going to feel about this or what's this going to do for this person if I make this decision. And I really wish I honored my own truth, if you will, and, and did what my heart of hearts I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize to the degree that, like you said, going to someone asking for advice, I'm running a filter of I'm concerned about what other people think and in some capacity, right? Yeah. No, very good point. So many people are so concerned about what other people are going to think. And the fact of the matter is they're worried about what, you know, they're, they got to do and what other people are thinking about them. And in the grand scheme of things, it makes no difference. What's the point? Right. You know, yeah. it is a very, yeah. And I, to- I totally get that. And I see that quite a bit as well. So with all of that knowledge, information, experience that you have and everything that you've done throughout your life at this point, how are you paying it forward um, professionally and personally? Um, it's a good question. And as, as time goes on, I'd probably say my answer changes, uh, on that, on that, on that question. And it's, it's come down to right now is that I, I really truly have a life mission around helping people, um, and improve their capacity for fulfillment in their lives and their level of consciousness and their, and, and like, what, what, why is that important? Well, I believe that if we show up in a way that we're truly fulfilled, if you look at the recipe fulfillment, like what's associated with that, it's, you know, happiness is not going to occur unless we're contributing. Typically we get serotonin when we give to someone else, mm-hmm. like it's wired into our chemistry, right? Like, so like this, my brain releases a drug, when I do something for someone else, I feel good. Hmm, why is that, right? Like, why do I give someone a gift? I do it for them, I do it for me, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we really do it for ourselves. So I believe that by helping folks become more conscious, one, it, it, and, and 
consciousness to me is defined as how aware I am of myself and also my connection to something beyond myself and how I navigate that way. Um, you know, if you look at, like, look at the climate we're in right now. If you just take one condition, right? Like today, like, <laughs> and folks will be listening to this potentially after election, but everyone can remember back, like think of the this year, 2020, you've got this, think of COVID and then you, you know, all of a sudden right away, you've got like, well, this is how you need to manage it. This is not, this is how you do it. You know, so you got the one side of I'm operating out of fear. We got to do everything this way. And I got this side, um, you know, the, the other way of like, oh, we're not going to, I'm not, no, no di disregard. I'm not going to worry about anything. And I'm just, you know, don't take away my rights. I'm focused on me. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's, there's all these, these perspectives. And so multiple perspectives are fine, are fine. But then, then you add in the, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a second. Then you add in the inequality movement that happened this year, and right? So you got someone that uh, this horrific event, and then, and then all of the inequality issues and things, some things that, quite frankly, this country has not done with very well and still isn't dealing with very well, but regardless. So then you have that piece of it. And then you got this election, right? So you've got, we, so it really shows how we have varying degree, degrees, and then you add in social media <laughs> on top of like media itself that's come mm -hmm. from different slants right and and this barragement of perspective and the challenge i have with it all is the consciousness level applied to most of it from my experience of what i witness on social media and or interactions with people is it to me it's a much lower level of consciousness because the goal is I'm right, you're wrong, and I need to be right, and you need to be wrong if I'm right. Mm -hmm. And if we could just take it, what, what if we took away the condition of like, what if my goal is to understand, if we all try to understand and stop trying to combat and create conflict around who's right and the need to be right. If we didn't have this need to be right, we wouldn't have so much conflict. But people aren't even operating from that place. Mm -hmm. It's, and it's, it's, um, it's a bit crazy. Yeah. And I got to admit, I've got literally a handful, probably less than a handful of people that I can have conversations with that we strongly disagree on issues, but we can have a conversation about it and yeah. we can walk away from it. Maybe a little pissed off, quite frankly, but we can come back the next day and, and have a completely different conversation and be back to where we were just because we respect each other. And I think that's right. one of the things that we've lost is that some people, I, I don't like to say we across the board because quite frankly, media shows us what they want to show us because this is stuff that's that right. pushes our buttons. But if you go outside and you go interact with other people, you're just, I'm just not seeing that. Right. From all, I live in a very diverse community. Sure. And we're just not, we've all got our opinions. We've all got our thought process, but I'm just not seeing what the, yeah. you know, mainstream media and I'm seeing on social media because that's, it's got a magnifying glass on it there. That's right. And that's all we're able, we're, they're allowing yeah. us to see, but. I mean, at the root of point, it, yeah. people are, at the root of it, people are good, right? You know, 100%. I know. most people are good. That's the, that's the fact. But, con you know, at a lower level of consciousness though, I operate from fear. I operate from shame. I operate from guilt. I operate from, instead of like love, compassion, peace, on much mm -hmm. higher levels of consciousness. And, and they're not the same. Yeah. And if I don't, if I'm operating in a lower level, my behavior is going to be driven out of a lower level. And then, you know, that's one of my, my favorite things right now to do, even with the executive teams is, is working on 
how do we bring our level of consciousness up as a team so that when we're making critical business decisions, we're doing it from a right place. Right. We're not right. operating from a fearful place or a control place, but really, and it's, and it's, it can be tough to override what's going on in an neurology when we're trying to, I mean, you have a military experience, so you understand what I'm talking about. You don't, you don't get emotionally involved when you're in combat. Mm-hmm. It's not helpful. It's not. It's, not, it's very right? difficult to not get involved. It is difficult to not, but you, you really learn to detach from mm-hmm. that. And because it's not going to, it's not going to help you. And then, right. and, and really, I think a lot of, a lot of folks haven't tuned into um, you know, how many decisions if we're, you know, someone's listening right now and thinking, thinking what we're saying here is like, how many of you, if you're raising your hands, would say that, you know, I've made these intuitive decisions in my life and they were the wrong ones. I haven't found hardly anyone ever to say that I had this intu- intuition to do something and it was wrong and mm-hmm. I really felt pulled to do it, right? But who's working from that place, right? Not a lot yeah. of people. Not a lot of people. Well, and that's the whole purpose for this conversation. That's the whole purpose for the Men of Abundance podcast and community is to do what we can to stay in the abundance mindset as opposed to your reference is the fear mindset, but I call it the scarcity mindset. Right. There is so yeah. much more abundance and so much more good in the world. And we just have to have these conversations. And it's not all frou-frou and, you know, daisies and unicorns and all this kind of stuff. I'm talking about the hard, the book that I have up here behind me, Abundance, written by Peter de Mendez. The facts behind the amount of resources that are in this world is not a matter of do we have them. The resources are there. It's a matter of proper distribution. It's a matter of policy. It's a matter of thought processes. And even within our own family unit and within our communities. And it's not easy to stay in that abundance mindset. That's why I built this had an idea to build this community over four years ago to show that, you know, business owners do what they can to do the best for their community. Now, are they, some of them doing things wrong and knowingly? Absolutely. But a large majority of them are doing what they can to do the right things and not just in business, but in churches and schools and communities and just in our daily conversations yeah. Uh, so that's why I just like to have these conversations and remind people that the abundance mindset is such a better place to be yeah. than the scarcity mindset, because with scarcity mindset, you're, you're, you're just, you, you have the thought process that everyone I had talked to is trying to take something from me or, and you, you can't progress with that type of, you can't progress right. mentally, personally, professionally with that kind of mindset. Yeah. And I'm guessing that you don't look at what, you know, I know, I, I can just note intuitively here that you don't look at abundance just tied to money, which some people hear the conversation not. like this are like, right? It's yeah. like, oh, well, you know, that's about money. And it's so much that the level of money is just an outcome, right? It's just an outcome. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not tied to really, if you look at the core of, of how you define abundance, Right. Absolutely. And I actually, perfect timing. I just heard a um, conversation and I'm, I'm going to see if I can get it right. Um, Simon Sinek, which I don't agree with everything that Simon says. Yeah. Uh, specifically speaker, about millennials. He's a great, oh, he's a great orator. That's where he's made his money. Yeah, at. He's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he said something that was very interesting and I, and I have it saved. 
Um, but basically, it's about money. And he uses the analogy of a car. You don't buy a car. You don't get a car. The purpose for a car is not to buy fuel. Money is fuel. So you don't, you don't acquire a car to buy fuel. That's not the point. The point for the car is to get somewhere. A business, the purpose for a business is to add value to a community or, or, or add a service to a community and to the world in some cases. The purpose for the business is not to make money, but you need money in order to run the business. Just like as you need fuel in the car to get somewhere, but the purpose of the car is not to buy fuel and the purpose of the business is not to make money. The real, and I know this from personal experience because I've started business ventures for the purpose of making money and I made a little bit of money, but it wasn't sustainable and it felt icky. It felt mm. that it, it just didn't work out very well yeah. for me. And does it for some? Sure, it does. But when you're in a place of adding value to other people and, by the way, making you know, a living doing it and, and maybe a little bit abundance so that you can give to others and use that in other places, that's when you're in a world of abundance. That's my thought process as far as business is concerned. And I thought that yeah. was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Excellent. That's good. So, man, we are at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that? Sure. Excellent. All right, listen up, Abundant Leaders. If you want to take full control of your personal economy, put your leadership and business skills to work, you absolutely can start your own business coaching business. The fact is business owners need professional coaching more now than ever. And as a business coach, you get the opportunity to put your skills to work, provide a critical service, and get duly compensated. Now, if you're saying to yourself, I would like to change careers, I would like to enhance my current career, or I would actually like to be a profitable business coach, that then brings up the question, how do you structure a coaching business? How do you get paid? How do you get clients? These seem to be the biggest questions that I hear when I'm talking to people who want to start a coaching business, specifically a business coaching business. How do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching, and how do you set up a member site to create continuity? within my coaching business. And then, of course, even if you can figure all of that out, what's the investment? Well, I'm going to answer all of those questions for you and much more. All you have to do is go to bcbbravocharliebravo.apbusinessmastery.com. That's where I will be sharing with you how to give yourself a raise whenever you like, gain more leads than you can handle so you can be very selective about who you choose to work with. You'll find out how we get clients fast results so they stay and pay for years, not just months. I will share with you how we literally show the prospects the money so you don't have to sell. And more importantly, to me anyways, you will potentially be saving lives and marriages possibly even yours. It really is that serious. Now, if you're ready to take full control of your personal economy, put your leadership and business skills to work, and you believe that starting your own business coaching business might be the solution, then head over to bcb at apbusinessmastery.com. And don't worry about trying to write that down. You'll find the link in the show notes. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Okay. Um, so let's, let's just talk about um, 
let's, let's go through, um, I'm going to give you uh, four quick steps. If it's okay to three, I'll try to get it to three, but That's good. So let's just say you're sitting out there and, and, and you want to, and I, I love doing vision work. Um, it's, it's a core element to figuring out what we want. Sometimes we don't know what we want. And sometimes, and I believe a lot of times the challenge with that is, is that we're running a filter. We don't see how we can get it. Right. So like, I don't really know what I want, but part of me really, my, my dark secret is <laughs> I want to live in Hawaii. Right. But I don't see how I could do that, you mm. know, cause it's so expensive or so far away or whatever. We put the obstacles up before we even, you know, assess what we want. So one is like get some clarity in what we want in our lives. Second part is, is it's getting and step two is, okay, you got that written down. Why do you want it? And what's it tied to? And what I found for high achievers is that typically they want outcomes for one of three reasons, or they create a business and they don't, this is not conscious, it's unconscious, but they're usually tied to A, I want authority and power. B, uh, I want to win. I'm competitive. I want to win. I have a client I was talking to recently and um, was a best-selling author and we we're talking and they said, uh, well, I, I, why do something if you can't win? What's the point? Otherwise, don't bother, right? That's the paradigm. Hmm. Okay. And then the, uh, the the third one is association. Like these are the things that I want, that like I, I want to be known and I want to be in these swimming pools, these pools of people and I want to rub elbows with X, Y, and Z. And all of those, all, all three of those are ego-driven. They've all tied to our ego and, um, and they, it, we can use our ego to create outcomes, but to really have peace later in life or right now, it doesn't matter. You don't have to wait. Um, we have to find a way to get these outcomes, I believe, without using this ego. Because if we can grow beyond it, we can grow beyond it. We can still get outcomes that we want, but not and have joy and peace internally, intrinsically, instead of relying on external situations. Because what ends up happening is I win and then I'm feel fulfilled and then I don't win. And now I'm not fulfilled. And then I win. And then so like what, so the, you cannot create sustain, what I call sustainable fulfillment from mm -hmm. that recipe, right? So step two is why do I want it? And then and really getting clear on that. And then, and then three is like, okay, well, the step three really involves, I believe, a, a, an outside person, a mentor, a coach, someone who can basically shed some light on what are your paradigms and beliefs that are, that are really usually holding you back from creating that as a reality today, right? Usually there's, there's something that needs to shift and we can't see it. They're blind spots. And then the fourth piece, the fourth ingredient to that is and say, okay, all right. So I'll check in with someone who can be honest and transparent with me. And then the fourth step is, and then, okay, what's the strategy? What's one thing I can do today to bring this closer? Whether, whether it's a definition, whether it's great. I got three different vision boards going around here as a great to get pictures of what I'm looking to create and get some clarity around it. Talk to someone and interview someone who has it, who's, a, who's achieved that, right? Um, you know, it, it, I, I grew my business through stages, right? And when stages stopped happening, I'm like, whoa, that's going to, you know, sure, I can do webinars. I've always doing some webinars, but regardless, so I, um, I seeked out someone who built, has built a multiple seven-figure business all online, doing something similar to me, and it's a different market, right? Mm -hmm. So seeking someone out to, to understand what, what, you know, what's, what's possible. And, it, and, and th those, those steps are, are, are good, ones, good ones to take, but the, 
you know, that, 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 that'd be a recommendation anyway. I completely agree with that, man. I got to tell you, um, I was in Albania in the uh, late nineties and always wanted to go to Hawaii. My mom always wanted to go to Hawaii and it was just something we wanted to do. And I had in my, in my, had a mosquito net and attached to the top of my mosquito net when I laid in my cot was a picture of my family, of course, and a picture of Hawaii. Yeah. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I just wanted to visit. That's all I wanted to do. Right. Long story short, I ended up living, ten, living there for 10 years. And that was yeah. like two years after putting that up there. Um, so that yeah. goes back to the whole thing about don't worry about how. It yeah. also connects to your vision board, yeah. uh, you know, the whole idea of the vision, putting it in front of you. And yeah. so many things have, have um, come to reality in my life when I go back and look at my journals and my books and stuff like that. And I'm like, done that, done that, done that. Don't even realize it half the time. Yeah. Isn't that the amazing thing? Right. I yeah. love it. Yeah. And I think tied to, your, to the abundance theme, I think what ends up happening is, is that the other reason we throw ourselves off track is we don't see, we're not willing to pay the price that we've decided the price is what we have to pay. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, all the work that I've done with clients regards to transition and selling their business or moving family succession. When I'm working with a founder of a business or then whatever that generation is that's moving out, I found oftentimes the higher achievers, their paradigm is I must struggle. I must work hard to have success. And I mean, I have, I'm thinking of a few right now, one in particular where this, we we're working on this transition and he kept getting involved in and sabotaging everything. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And, he, and so he, I said, let me ask a question. What do you believe about success? Well, I believe you must work hard, struggle, have a breakthrough, and then you have success. That's the, you know, I asked him, how, what, would he, what would you say if you're given a high school speech about mm-hmm. the topic? And that's what he said. I said, okay. I said, well, what if you don't have to struggle to have success? <laughs> I can't even think about how that would be. I said, well, I know I understand that now. I said, but I said, what if you didn't? He goes, well, then I wouldn't deserve it. Mm. So we had to work on these, these key things about really unlocking these blind spots of what do you believe about creating success? Cause that's, that's, that's a scarcity mindset. Like yeah. you would say, right. That's not abundance thinking. Um, so we actually created, and that's why I, I love work like um, Hawkins power versus force things. I mean, this idea is in a martial artist. Like when you're, mm-hmm. when you're in battle, you want to be fluid. You want to be relaxed. You don't want to be tense, 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 slows down movement. Only be tense at point of impact. That's it. You don't need to be tense any other time. Mm-hmm. And um, but so often, I think in our, especially for us guys, we're like, I gotta make it. I gotta break it through. I've gotta, I've gotta grind it out. I've gotta, you know. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't want to grind anything. I really don't. Like, I don't want to grind the engine on my car. I don't want to grind my, um, I don't want to grind my knees. I'm 50 years old. 50 years old. I don't, I don't. I want to destroy my body. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. but, but this mindset that we have that a lot of people have developed, and it works, dude. It works. The mindset works. But the problem is, it becomes the bars in our prison. That now we can't we can't get out. Like it's the only way I know to obtain, and it's a limited way to obtain. And it requires a, tr- a consciousness transformation in order 
to realize I don't have to give up my drive. It's just to redirect it differently. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, listen, those of you listening to this from now to whenever, go back and listen to that again because there is so much to unpack in what Chris just shared with you. So much to unpack there, man. We're going to jump up and I'm going to ask you, based on all of the folks that you've had the opportunity to work with and those that you've interacted with, what do you feel? And you just mentioned some of it right here. And I personally have dealt with that. I've dealt with the mindset stuff. I dealt with self-sabotage because of my upbringing and my not having money and seeing my dad work so hard his entire life and not get anywhere, period. I mean, we literally lived in a trailer behind another man's house, for goodness sake. Um, but he worked hard. You know, so that bunks that whole idea of right. working hard uh, and struggling. Right. He worked hard and struggled. He never got anywhere. Yeah. Um, now, my question to you is, what do you feel is at the top of the heap of what holds most people back from truly living a life of abundance? Um, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be paradigm associated. It's, 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 and as I, it's, there's, there's really two questions I'd ask someone to consider in that element. One is, is who am I? Who am I? Question number one, I am blank. The two, most, the strong, two strongest words in English language are I am, and then any word becomes behind it, right? I am, because it's my, it's my identity of the illusion I've created about who I am, okay? And my mm. abilities, an illusion, okay? Keep in mind, these are all illusions. We forget that. The second one is, the other biggest illusion is, is that how the world works. What's this life movie about? And how I look at those two things run all my conditions, all of them, in regards to how I generate outcomes and how would I get breakthroughs. And I would, I would challenge folks to really th- sit and think about that. They say, well, it's not just really, you hear people say this, well, it's not really who I am. It's not who I am. It's like, well, I used to be someone who didn't smile at people till about 18, 18 years ago. I would not, dude, you'd meet me, I wouldn't smile. My, my wife and I got married. Um, I, God bless her for staying with me. I was not fun. I would go to a party. I wouldn't talk to anyone because I didn't believe enough. I didn't know at the time, but I didn't want rejection. So I'd sit and I'd stand and then I'd watch the clock and figure out when the heck we're getting out of here so I can go home and not have to be rejected. And that's how I lived. I mean, mm-hmm. believe it or not, that's, that's what I did. And I just, I didn't, I didn't see it for quite some time. And um, until I realized that that was all a bunch of BS. It's not, it's not who I was. Now I don't, I, we live in a small town. I know a lot of people in this town and it's not like I'm trying to be the mayor. I just like talking to people and getting to know them. It's part of my natural order, but I reconditioned myself not to be that person. I think a lot of people have really, you know, created these these illusions of false realities and we can change. It can be changed. And one my, my neuro-linguistic programming mentor, uh, Wyatt says, you can get on a plane, fly somewhere, land where you nowhere know, have you ever been, no one knows you and you could show up and choose to be totally someone else. And no one, and no one would challenge you on it. And that's the biggest challenge with change is that the people who know and love us that we surround ourselves with, it's a whole other topic, another time, they 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 kind of they help keep us where we are because it also satisfies their paradigms and their illusions, and some in many cases the people that love us 
and that are around us are sometimes the biggest obstacles in our environment when we choose to change because they don't like it. And when we sometimes when we do, the reason they don't like it is because the ways they normally manipulate us no longer work. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and the, yeah, there's again, guys, brilliant stuff, man. Absolutely brilliant stuff. I'd love to build on. We just don't have the time for it. I can have this conversation forever. But again, guys, go back and listen to that again. Rewind that, listen to that three or four times. Really, really powerful stuff. What does being a man of abundance mean to you, Chris? I believe that, you know, to really be a man of abundance, I mean, we want to look at that, you know, in regard to context, two words, abundance first, and then the other one to tie to, to identity. One is just realize that they're, 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 we're not limited. There's no limitations. There's no limitations. And then we can internalize that to ourselves and to the external environment, going back to those two conditions I presented. Excellent. So we are going to have chrisjonker.com linked up in the show notes for sure. Okay. But before I let you go, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our listeners get out of our conversation today? And where else can they connect with you? Yeah, that's, uh, thank you for asking that. Um, so one is um, I do have uh, a vision workbook um, that presents a bunch of questions. Some of the ones I asked and a bunch I did not have time to get into, as well as a process to go through all your life departments. Um, and that can be uh, accessed at greatestyearsofyourlife.com. No www, just put in greatestyearsofyourlife.com, spell it out, and you can. it's free and you'll get a, get a download of that vision workbook. Um, and the second thing is, um, and my, my, so my dad passed away this past year, I'm sorry, past month, geez, always feels like a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he was a very given person. And so he would do all sorts of things for people and kind of under the radar, not publicly. He wasn't, he wasn't doing it. Uh, like, look at me, look what I did for somebody. And um, so I, I've been dedicating time in my calendar. In fact, I had a meeting with someone this morning where um, it's all gratis and I just, I, I give 20 minute sessions to folks to help them in their journey. Um, and it's not, a, it's not a sales thing for me or anything like that. It's just a way for me to give um, back to the community. And if someone out there is like, well, I would like, if there's uh, spots available, I'd like one, um, they can go to www.chrisyonker.com forward slash alchemy and fill out a form and they're just kind of first come first serve basis in regards to the availability on those. And I'm happy to provide that to your community. Excellent, man. I greatly appreciate that. And listen, guys, I know many of you are driving and working out and doing all your good things you do when you're listening to the show. And I greatly appreciate that. So I will have all of those links linked up in the show notes. Just make sure you check out this episode and the the links will be right there for you. So if you didn't get a chance to write those down, don't worry about it. We got it. We got you covered. Chris, great conversation, man. Absolutely love it. I greatly appreciate everything you're doing, and I appreciate you reaching out and, and offering yourself up uh, to the listeners. Go out and live your life of abundance, man. Keep paying it forward because you're making a hell of a difference. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the work you're doing very much. Thank you. All right, guys, so your action step today is one, go take advantage of the gift that Chris left you. You can find that at greatestyearsofyourlife.com. Check out the other stuff that he's doing. Be sure to be abundant in your actions today by paying it forward and sharing men of abundance with others. Now, go out, live your life of abundance, and be sure to pay it forward.